Hello, everyone. This is Shantae. And before this episode starts, actually, um, I made a reference to my friend York Campbell and his podcast. And in this episode, I referenced it as the Poetic Earthlings podcast. But this podcast was recorded actually before he changed the name. And his podcast is actually titled Welcome to Earth Stories. So for those of you who want to hear a really cool podcast, make sure to check out Welcome to Earth Stories and uh, enjoy this episode that we have here on episode 50 of the Call to Action podcast. You are listening to the Call to Action podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 50 of the Call to Action podcast. I am your host, Shante, and today we are having a fireside chat with Julie Balco, who is a freelance writer and a creative director and the author of the book titled The Things We Keep. Before I bring our guest onto the show, I have a positive mindset affirmation that I'd like to share with you all today. So here is the positive mindset affirmation for episode 50 of the Call to Action podcast. My heart possesses the courage to see big dreams. I'm going to say that one more time. I think that's something that we all can feel. My heart possesses the courage to see big dreams. I got that from planmindfully.com and you can actually go there and purchase your very own set of printable positive mindset affirmation cards. And these are great for manifesting. They're good for your vision boards and also starting your day with some good energy. Visit planmindfully.com to learn more. If you missed episode 49 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. My guest for that episode is Mickey Morency, and she was born in Haiti and her family immigrated to the U.S. over 40 years ago. They settled in Boston, where Mickey graduated high school and college. Now, she recently won a contest and her story appeared in Writer's Digest magazine and her debut novel, The Island Sisters, will be published in 2023 by BHC Press. Take a listen to this clip from episode 49 of the Call to Action podcast. Trying to get settled into America and yeah. all well, that yeah, goes I along mean, with in that. In my book, yeah. I, I, even, I even touch on immigration. Uh, Shanti, I have one of my uh, characters. I mean, she came from Haiti, you know, so she kind of like it to depend on the made on her husband because he was the one who was going to get her the papers to be legal. So all of these factors come into play, you know. Again, you can hear the full episode on ctamarketing.biz. When you're there, click on podcasts on the main menu to access that episode as well as past episodes. As mentioned in the intro, everyone, I have Julie Balco with me today, and Julie is a freelance writer, a creative director, and also the author of the book titled The Things We Keep. So everyone, please join me in welcoming Julie to the show today. So Julie, welcome to the Call to Action podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. 
That is awesome, Julie. Thank you for being here. Now, Julie, on my show, I have icebreakers. I like to break everyone in. So, and this is a great way for people to get to know you better. And they're also fun. So the icebreaker that we have for you today is for you to share with us what you have on your phone as your wallpaper. Sure. And I should say I have three kids, but they are not my wallpaper. In fact, it is a taper, which is a really large, strange animal from the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle. And it happens to be my favorite animal. And you never see them because they're strange and weird. And I was so excited they had one at the zoo that he or she, I don't know what it is, is my <laughs> wallpaper. And I love it. Okay, Julie, a taper. I've, I've never heard of a taper. Um, what is, is it furry? Like, what does it look like? <laughs> well, it looks, it's like black and white. Um, it kind of looks like, um, a pig and an anteater and a hippo. It has like a short little nose trunk. And that's, that's just what makes me love it. It's, it's ridiculous looking, but, um, they're from like South and Central America. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Cause that's very interesting, Julie. <laughs> Spreading for knowledge to the world around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's why we do icebreakers. I always learn something fun and crazy. And this is probably like the number one on my list so far. That has been like the most interesting. <laughs> I learned that it's T-A-P-I-R. Type, type it in right now and take a look. <laughs> I have to check that out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Julie. All right. So, Julie, now I want to learn more about your book. Let's Let's just go right into it because you have a book and it's titled The Things We Keep. And it's kind of like a personal story, isn't it? I mean, it is personal in a way because um, I started writing it after my mother had passed away. Um, I read a lot of books and I kind of use them to understand my world around me. And when I uh, went through grief, I was just shocked at how long it took me, how it felt, how lonely it was, how nobody talked about it. It was like you get two weeks and like people bring you dinner. And then after that, like nobody talks about this fact that you've just lost this like huge person in your life. And I thought one day I need to write a novel that uses grief as a theme. So that way anybody going through it doesn't feel alone. Anybody that hasn't gone through it can kind of get a heads up that, hey, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And you and it is kind of this long journey. Wow. That's an interesting topic. And it's a sensitive topic, I would think, um, when you're talking about grief. I don't think I've ever read any books about that either personally myself. Um, but that's, that's interesting. So you took it upon yourself. You say, I'm going to write this book. Um, and I'm sure that it's probably helped others that have probably gone through something like a major loss to have read your book and maybe used it for healing. Have you found that people who have read your book have come to you or maybe sent you emails or something just to say something about like, thank you or something about your book and what it brought to them or what it gave them? Yeah. And, you know, that's actually been the best part of the book. You know, I've always wanted to be an author. And while it's wonderful to have a book, the best part has been the emails from readers. And I um, also have done some, you know, book clubs where readers will just tell me these amazing stories. And that's it, how honest and like impactful the grief was for them. You know, they were able to let go of some things that they were holding on because that was also like, you know, I wanted the book not just to be an outlet for them to cry, but also to be able to give a little bit hope and give a little bit of um, insight into what we can kind of let go of as we walk forward. But yeah, I've gotten some amazing emails that have made me cry too and just and felt so glad that I've, you know, set out to write kind of a difficult book, but one that can really be powerful for so many. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think um, I like doing this show because I learn things from, from the guests that I have here on the show, but that just is another example of how we are all here on this journey, on this planet together. But there's people that you don't even know that you have helped through your writing. And um, yeah, I think that's awesome. And this is just another example of how people are coming together and able to just help one another. And you can touch people like in your example with, with your book, with words and a story, you know, and help them to get through things to the point where they're, you know, writing you a letter saying, thank you. I mean, that's amazing to me. And I think that's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's probably the goal of every author is, is to touch a reader and to have so many different people, you know, and they haven't all been about grief. Some have been about marriage. One of the important themes in my book is, you know, that the marriage is tough, but there's hope. And if you choose love, you can work through a lot of things. And I've actually heard from two readers that, you know, they took a second chance at their marriage that they were going to choose love and work harder and not give up. And that was pretty awesome. And then I've also heard from a lot of people, um, the mother daughter relationship in this book is tough. And that was important for me to write a relationship that, you know, isn't the, hey, let's go shopping mom kind of relationship, but is layered and complex. And, you know, sometimes a little mean. Um, but the character, the main character, Serena, kind of learns about her mother after the fact and is able to kind of let go of some things and to realize that in the end, there was always love, you know, and that was a big theme in my book as well. So I had one woman write me who said she was carrying just a lot of anger for about 60 years um, towards her mother. And reading the book made her realize, you know what? They were very different, but there was love and she was going to let it go. And that was another letter that was just, just amazing. That's heavy, Julie. Yeah, wow. no, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wow. No, that that is awesome. Have you thought about counseling people? I mean, it sounds like you got something going on here. <laughs> How about I just keep writing books and hoping? You know? <laughs> I don't know. You might have another gift sitting there somewhere, Julie. <laughs> You're bringing out people's pains and they're dealing with it. And they're like, you know, healing from it. I think that's awesome. I definitely went into this book with some major themes in mind. And yeah, I guess with that goal, right, of so many things that are from our past and complex relationships. And I knew I wanted to let them go too, as, as like a writer. So I think that kind of diffused in the book and people can feel that. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. So as far as um, like when you first started writing, because you, you wrote this book, when did you publish this book? I published it actually it came out last summer. So it's not even a year old. It's a baby book. Oh, cool. Okay. So 2021. So when you were writing, um, or when you started writing, is this something that you just kind of hopped into? A lot of people, I'm going to ask you this because a lot of people, 2020, like freed up a lot of time for a lot of people, which I think was actually good um, because people were able to tap into different talents that they probably didn't know that they have. And I've heard some people say that they started writing um, at that time and there's just doing different things that they otherwise wouldn't have done or didn't know that they could do. So did you start writing this in 2020 or was this something that goes way back um, as far as just writing in general? I thought of the idea after my mom passed it, I had just um, had a, my first daughter. And so I kind of thought of it and thought, well, I don't have time to write something. And then I had twins. Um, and I joke that nothing makes you miss your mother more than when you have two babies at the same time. And I really miss my mother and my grief came back 
really just in a strong way. And I thought I can either, you know, have this affect me or I can start writing and figuring it out and bringing the story to life and also like using it just for me. So I started writing it with three, three kids that were very, very young. And it took me a long time because I'd write during nap time and, you know, when I could. So it took me really about six years to write. But I edited it in 2020. And that was really a hard year for me because, um, you know, I wrote the book after my mom passed, but I wound up having to edit the book after my dad passed. And I, I didn't expect that. My dad, my dad had AML and had to have a bone marrow transplant um, before COVID shut down. And we had no idea COVID was going to happen. So the poor man was stuck in the hospital, you know, really sick. And I was unable to be with him. Oh, no. And um, I never even got to tell him that I wrote a book. Like it just. I didn't think it was going to get published because no book gets published. And oh, I found out two weeks after he passed that The Things We Keep was getting published. So I edited it with grief, like, so in my heart. Um, and while it was really hard, I mean, I cried while typing a lot. I think it made the book that much more honest and probably why so many readers say it feels so authentic because it was because I was editing while also grieving. I was going to say, I'm sure that translated into the book and and the readers are definitely picking up on that. I mean, for them to write you letters and to express how they're feeling, they had to have felt that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that translated. But you're touching people and that's good. So as far as like the, the book, um, is it is it only about grief or you said you, it's about love and relationships? Is it like any like ups and downs in there, there as well? There's some ups in there. Don't worry. It's not all like heavy, heavy and sadness, but it okay. actually, it's about um, a scientist named Serena who is studying um, the disease her mother is dying of, which is breast cancer. And they have a very difficult relationship. And after her mom passes, she's going through her mom's stuff and she discovers a secret that kind of changes everything. So she kind of goes on this quest to figure out, you know, what the secret could mean and um, learns a lot about um, her past. So it's definitely, it's, it's a lot, there is a lot of grief in the beginning, but then it really becomes about like forgiveness and hope and marriage. It's kind of a modern take on how, you know, as a woman, we take on so much, you know, we are mothers, we have jobs, we're caregivers, then you add like grief to it. And oh my goodness, like life becomes a little difficult. So I really wanted a book that kind of showcased just the world we live in today, which is just a world of way too much. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you put that on it. It's like, yeah, yeah. And men do a lot too. I want to give them credit. They do. Husbands do a lot too. But... The husband's <laughs> great in this. You know, I've, he's pretty polarizing. I either hear from readers that they just like hate him <laughs> or they love him and then they hate Serena. So it's very interesting. I can never know, you know, who's right, who knows. Um, it was really important to me that, you know, I tried to make the marriage as real as possible, especially a marriage with like a young kid. And just like the things that kind of piss you off, you know, like, the child only wants to eat pancakes a very specific way. And the dad doesn't understand like what's going on with the pancakes. And of course, the mom's like, oh, she only eats some cut in half. Like just this. Yeah, that sounds very real. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I've gotten a lot of actually uh, comments about like, oh, my gosh, the pancakes. That's totally my life. Because <laughs> that's what, you know, honest, like kind of truthful relationships is what I like to write about. Yeah, that sounds very authentic. I, I could totally see that. <laughs> Even as you were telling the story, I'm like, yeah, I could see kids like, no, I want them to cut in a certain way. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> awesome. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, the, you know, the, the podcast is for, you know, uh, up, upcoming authors or, or entrepreneurs or, you know, people who are, are also into business. Um, so as far as any advice that you have, um, because you're now an experience, I would say, I mean, you published your book um, and I'm sure you've learned some things along the way. What advice would you give for any upcoming or aspiring authors? I think my advice would be, especially in the world of like social media, and we can compare ourselves to so many different authors out there is to just believe in your voice and own it. Like whoever you are, you know, that's, that's what you bring to the table. Like be you, there's nobody else that's you. So if you can own that and just feel comfortable with it, you don't have to worry about comparing you know, whether you're on Twitter or Instagram, just do what represents you. Because I think like the more honest and authentic authors are, the more like it speaks to me as a reader. And it's the more like being an author, like the things that people respond to are always one of my most, like, most honest self. That's true. That's true. And you see that in social media too, where people who are more authentic in, in themselves, they tend to get more energy from people who are following them. So well, that's very good advice. And yeah, focusing on yourself. Yeah. And you can get caught up on social, you know, with looking at what others are doing and they're like, oh, they sold this many books or they're coming up with their new one. But, you know, it's like, no, just stay in your lane. Exactly. <laughs> just do we're, we're all on our own path. We all have our stories because they're ours. Nobody else could write this book because nobody else, you know, went through my experiences and, and that's okay. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that, Julie. Very good. Yep. That's good advice. So as far as any marketing that you do at your book, um, what do you do as far as marketing? What don't I do? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I try to do a balance. I have a small publisher, so I do do the the balance of my marketing. Um, anything free, I say yes to without a doubt. I, social media has been amazing in that there are so many communities that love to read. You know, there's Bookstagram, there's Book Talk on TikTok, there's Facebook book clubs that love to have authors, new authors, you know, be a part of their groups. And that part has been really great. So I'd say, you know, I know social media can be a, a kind of a dirty word, but it, for readers, it's actually a wonderful place. And for authors, like, so many readers just support what you do and want to learn about new books that it's just amazing. So embrace it. Yeah. So as far as social media, what are your, what's your favorite? Do you, are you mostly on Twitter, TikTok, um, Facebook? Like which one have you found works best for you? I started out on Twitter and that's actually how I found my publisher. And Twitter was easy because I'm a writer. I work from home and I can, I tend to just tweet whatever I'm thinking. And, you know, it can be silly. It can be thoughtful. It can be whatever. And so um, I gained a big following from that. And publishers definitely, they do look at that and I do think that's a big reason why someone took a chance on me is because they're like, oh, you know, on Twitter, I'm misplaced comma two. And I had have about 20,000 followers. Um, so I started on Twitter. And then when I had a book, my publisher's like, uh, you need to be on Instagram because Bookstagram will take pictures of your book, talk about your book. And if you're not on that, you're going to, um, you know, miss all that. And I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm not a... Um, I barely smile. Like I don't do my hair. I cannot be on Instagram. <laughs> and they're like, well, do it, do it your way. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. So um, love, love now Instagram. Cause I do get to talk a lot about my book. I share poetry. 
I don't necessarily show my face. I have my like one author photo where I actually have lipstick on and I share that. And I share my dog, but mostly it's, you know, writing and, and book love. And that, that's been easier than I expected. Okay. Well, good, good. And then have you tried TikTok? I've heard. Yeah, um, say, and then you, you feel it, right? The slippery slope of like, yeah. oh, now that I'm on Instagram. So then I had another author, right? And be like, you know that um, Barnes & Noble has a table that features all the like latest books on TikTok, the ones that are trending. She's like, you have to do it. I'm like, oh. That is tantalizing. And then I read another <laughs> article about like how one author's books went from like, you know, I don't know, being off of some list of 10 years later, all of a sudden just trending because of book talk. So added another platform to my list. And I was like, okay, but again, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not someone who's going to be like chatting with you on TikTok. Like that's just not me. But I do enjoy making videos because I do a lot of videos for my freelance work. So I just do, you know, videos about writing or my book. You know, I show the dog um, and just have fun with it. I don't do like a post a day. I don't try to stress out about it. I post if I don't have a lot of deadlines, that's probably the day I'm going to make a TikTok video. Okay. Because that, that can be like a lot to manage, like all the different social media and just marketing your book or even if it was a business, you know, this is our the podcast is for, you know, any entrepreneur. So it could be any business, you know, and it could get, it could be a lot with that. So how do you manage managing, you know, the different social media sites? You got Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, you know, Instagram. Um, so what do you find? Do you use software to help with that? Or do you just say, this is my schedule, I'm going to do this. And then that's it. Yeah. I mean, in my world, like client work comes first. So I, you know, I write a list every day of what, what to do. And then when the days that I see, I have a little bit of room, I make myself a client and I put, you know, create Instagram posts for you. or whatever. <laughs> But that's how it works in my world. It's like when it can fit, it fits. And when, you know, if there's something going on, like an obvious promo that I'm a part of, obviously I make sure it's on my list. But other than that, that's, you know, to me, the book is when I'm the client. And so I get to be on my own client list. <laughs> but paperwork comes first. And until the books, you know, does better than my client work, uh, it's got to be last on the list. But it gets on there. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like how you said you make yourself the client. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I love for myself. And actually, that's the best part about being an author. And one of the reasons I wanted to be an author, um, besides having this like kind of story in my heart, I write every day for my clients who I love, but I write for other people. In the last few years, I've realized like I want to write for myself too. Like that's so important to me. Um, so being an author was just so important. So I could write for myself. I write poetry. And now I have a second book, too, um, that I'm hoping to hear some news about soon. Um, and I, I do love writing for myself. I mean, <laughs> great client. <laughs> so I hope that book gets published and I can do even more um, books in the future. That's cool. That's cool. So let me ask you this. So I recently learned about beta readers um, mm -hmm. through a podcast and it's called Beta Reader Bits. And uh, her, the, the host of that is Tiffany Lewis, and she does an awesome job talking about beta readers. So did you use that process um, when you publish your book? Did you have a beta reader or beta readers and go through the whole process of getting their feedback and taking that in? Um, making adjustments? Did you use an editor? Like what was your process for writing your book? Yeah. So um, for this book, definitely I had, um, you know, beta readers that I knew that were other writers that I trusted. And um, that was really important. It was important also, not just for like, you know, commas and whatnot, but really for like the pacing of the story 
it helps to know when people get bored because you're like, okay, let me take a look at this. And it just helped me feel confident that, okay, you know, I'm not writing a book that everyone's going to hate. Um, so beta readers are super important. I didn't have an editor for my first book. I did get one for my second book because when I um, worked with the editors through my press, I realized how amazing it was. Like they would ask me questions and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally didn't think about that. Like they would think about the characters and just differently than me, which is the point, right? And it made the book that much better. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to make sure I do this like way before on the second book. So I had an editor on my second book and, and that made me feel even more confident when I was um, submitting. Okay, that's cool. So when they gave you the feedback, did you take everything in and make the changes or were you like, well, I'm going to leave that piece that way because I wanted it that way? Um, or how did you handle that? Because that's something I learned about, too, by listening to other or talking with other authors is that you get feedback or suggested suggestions or suggestions. If I can get that word out, <laughs> you can get suggestions um, for edits and you're not obligated to make those changes. But did you find that you were taking all of their changes or their suggestions in to make the changes? Or was it like, no, I'm going to keep it that way because I want it that way? Or like, how did you how, how did you manage that? Yeah, I think it helps that, um, you know, my daytime job is advertising. So I'm used to a lot of feedback and I'm used to working with my clients to kind of figure things out. So it lets me not get my hackles up. Although saying that, like the first time you open a Word doc from your editor and see like all the red, there's like a moment <laughs> of like, that's it, I'm I'm quitting. Um, yeah, because that's your baby. That book is your baby. <laughs> yeah. But as like, you know, I was like, okay, let's read the comments. Um, I found it very similar as like the creative process I go through anyways. And I was really thrilled because like I said, it was like, Ooh, I have a partner who's suddenly thinking about my book in unique ways. And for the most part, I think there was only one or two things that I was like, no, this sentence is amazing. We will not change it. Um, but <laughs> I wound up taking almost all their suggestions and like, it really did make my book that much better because they were so thoughtful. So editors are amazing. I am not an editor. But man, they're good. <laughs> oh, good, good, very good. So, do you do any paid ads to also get your book out? I know you do social, but do you do any like Google ads or Amazon? I haven't done any Amazon ads. I know like lots of authors are like into that, into the data. I just haven't done that yet. The, th the one thing I did pay for was a BookBub ad, which is a whole nother platform. Um, because I heard it was worth it. And it really was. I mean, I can tell you it was very obvious as soon as my book mode uh, deal went out that, you know, I could see the increase in sales. So that was worth its money. Oh, that's good. Very good. Cool. And that's called Book Bub? Yep. And it was another one of those things where an author wrote me and said, you know, told me this amazing thing that happened to her. And, you know, she's like, you really need to get on it. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't even like do anything else. <laughs> Don't tell me about another thing. And um, I think that's the cool thing about authors is you meet other ones and they all want, like, we all want each other to succeed. So we all share like what works and, and what doesn't behind mm -hmm. the scenes. And that I was like, I didn't expect, but it, it's been really great and saved me a lot of money. That is good. Yeah, cool. Wow, Julie, this was great. Like you shared some really good info. I'm sure that the listeners are definitely going to learn something as a result. Um, so I know your book is available on Amazon, right? Yep. And Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, a lot of ind independent bookstores can carry it because on, it's on uh, Ingram. 
And I love independent bookstores. So if you're, you know, one of those and listening to this, please stock my book and I will support you. Um, just send me a note and I would love to give you a shout out on Twitter or Instagram or wherever because independent bookstores are like why I became an author. I would go in there and just like, you know, lightly touch the books and think one day I might be an author. So <laughs> And here you are. <laughs> here I am. Yes, yes. So Julie, leave us your contact info. So uh, my website is uh, juliebalco.com and it's J-U-L-E-E-B-A-L-K-O. Um, and you can get a sense of my book. I have some other writings and poetry on there. And then on uh, Twitter, I am misplaced comma two. And then on TikTok and Instagram, I'm Julie Balco. So you can follow me there. Awesome. And then I'll have the links to where your book can be purchased on Amazon and other places as well. So they can find that. And I have one more question. This is my final question. So do you have any last words of wisdom? that you would like to leave with the listeners today? Well, you know, you're, um, we started it out with your affirmation, which I wrote down because I loved it about oh, the courage cool. to, you know, see big dreams. And I was trying to think, do I have courage? I think it's a little bit of courage and I think it's a little bit of just craziness. So be a little crazy, you know, like take, take the risk. Things <laughs> right? don't happen on their own and you have to put yourself out there. And I think if I hadn't been a little crazy, and done some social media stuff and done things that were outside my comfort zone, I definitely wouldn't be an author today. Awesome. That's good. I like that. I like Courage that. I and think... craziness. Yeah. What did you say? Courage and craziness, right? Yes. Yes. I think being out of your comfort zone helps you to grow. I really do. I've, I've done it too. Being an entrepreneur, like you have to be. I feel like you have to be. Like, I think that's a plus. You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable at times. Not all the time, but at least be comfortable comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's helpful. Definitely. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, Julie, well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Call to Action podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I loved it. Thank you. And before we come to a close, I do want to mention uh, York Campbell, who is the creator of the Poetic Earthlings podcast. You can hear his podcast at poeticearthlings.com. When you listen to them, you will hear a familiar voice. That will be yours truly. I have done some voice work uh, for the Poetic Earthlings podcast. It's a great team and it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I'm featured a lot, not featured, I'm included, I should say, <laughs> not featured, included a lot on season four, which is the current season that's out. So it's a really fun podcast, very science fiction. So want to mention that. And then also, I'd like to mention Tiffany C. Lewis, who is the host of the Beta Reader Bits podcast. And you can hear her podcast on betareaderbits.podbean.com. And then also finally, remember to visit planmindfully.com to get your printable positive mindset affirmation cards. Because when you affirm something, you begin to stir the energies of the universe into action. And these cards are a tool to help you to bring positive changes into your life. And to all of the authors, the entrepreneurs, the self-starters, everyone who is doing their own thing, remember the code. The journey begins when you take the first step. Courage, optimism, determination, and enthusiasm are the tools that will help you along the way. Until next time.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action Podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time.